Welcome to today's episode. Today we are talking with Kaylin Thompson. She's a leadership and team building consultant helping business owners put themselves in their CEO seat, unleash their vision, and lead from their unique leadership style so that they can hire, build, and lead their dream team. This episode, you guys, is packed with so much amazing information. You are going to want to get your notebook out. There are so many amazing knowledge like bombs that Kaylin drops in this episode that I was like, we can make so many quote cards out of this episode. And just her talking about hiring is not only for people that are doing their first hire, but are for people that have a team. And this episode is going to be amazing. So without further ado, let's dive right in. But wait, before we dive in, I needed to tell you, have you guys heard that the Busy Years podcast is hosting an online conference? The Emerge Conference is coming November 9th and 10th, and the doors to open for registration is October 29th. This is going to be a conference unlike anything you've seen before. It's made perfectly with you in mind, Mama. Don't worry about showing up with your hair perfect. Come as you are. We've curated 13 amazing speakers for you. During the day, you can pop open one of the training videos, chat live with the speaker right in the chat, and then at night, we're going to gather together to continue our learning after our babies have gone to bed. So for more information on this conference, you can head to michellehagan.com or keep an eye out on our Instagram at the Busy Years Podcast. Hi there, I'm Jenna Kutcher. I'm the host of the Gold Digger Podcast, and I'm so excited that you're hearing me right now because that means that I get to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Hagen, and her podcast, The Busy Years. Michelle is a mama on a mission dedicated to inspire other women to chase their dreams and their passions no matter what season of life they're in. And I've gotten the privilege to mentor and coach Michelle. She was one of my top 10 students in my community of over a thousand women, and she helped lead and inspire other mamas just like you. And now you, my friend, you get a front row seat. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Hi, I'm Michelle, a sales and profitability strategist, mentor, and captain of your cheering squad. But most importantly, I'm a Midwest wife and mama to two spirited boys, and I'm a lover of learning, family vacations, and nap time. I built my business between the moments of motherhood, and I know that you can do it too. Being a mama is hard, and no one should have to do it alone. That's why I'm bringing women together to share their stories of motherhood, business, and blessings. So grab your coffee, wash your dishes, hey, even take a shower, because we can do this, friend, in the middle of motherhood. You're listening to the Busy Years Podcast, where motherhood and business meet. Come tired, leave inspired. Hi, Kaylin. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. I am so excited for us to dive in to hiring today because I know with myself and a lot of my friends and many of the listeners were to the point where it's, I've got to give something off my plate because I can't, I can't do anymore as a single person. So I'm really excited to dive into that 
with you today, but I would love for you to first just tell the listeners who you are and what you do. So I am a leadership and team building consultant. I help entrepreneurs figure out the gaps on their team, how to build their team, um, and basically learn how to build a company, not just a business. It's so important that we're going about it very intentionally because we're drawing in a collective where we're drawing in a myriad of human beings together. And when there are more than one human beings in in a collective, there's a lot of hidden dynamics that are at play. And so I help people navigate all the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and leadership, because as we build a team, we are now people managers. We're now communicators. And a lot of us don't head into hiring, preparing for that. So that's what I do. I help people navigate that and discover their own leadership strengths so they can be the leader that they've always wanted. Yeah, I love it so much. I would love for you to tell us a little bit about, did you see any changes in your business when you became a mom? This is one thing I always find so fascinating for so many people because for you, I believe you had your business before you had your daughter, right? So I had a business. You were running it. I had a business. I've Man, I've been through a lot of different transitions, but when I had my daughter, I was actually, I had just left my in-person position at a marketing agency. Um, I was also working remote um, for a virtual marketing agency. And at the time I had my daughter, I had just been promoted to a marketing director. And at that same time, I was running a content strategy business online. I ended up moving away from that uh, because I loved loved the online team environment so much. And I just wanted to give it my all. And as I was being promoted to a position of leadership, I wanted to be there for the team and be there for the executive leadership team that I was serving alongside. And I wanted to give them every part of me. And honestly, my solo business felt so lonely. I I just Mm -hmm. wanted to run out of it so quickly. And Nothing was tying me to content strategy. It was just what I knew. So it's what I did. And then Mm -hmm. as I started leading a team, I was like, I love these women. I want to go all in. And so that's when I had my daughter. And that first year, it was crazy because it was my first my first leadership position, I was helping strategically run the company. I was leading a team, so many things. And I was becoming a mom. There was so many, I mean, looking back now, I gave myself no grace. I was just all the time like, why am I not perfect? Well, because you've literally never done any of these things before. You're having to become a new entire person. You're having to become a deeper version of yourself and rise up to that next level and all of your strengths and apply them in new ways. And I'd never done that before. Um, yeah. So that first year was just crazy. Um, But as I went through that year and discovered my strengths and discovered how I could uniquely serve the CEO, the team, um, there were some lot of things, a lot of some ups and downs through that year and um, in that business that eventually led to the closing of those doors of that business about a year, a year and a half into my position, um, the business ultimately closed. And so I looked back and I thought, Learning what I learned about myself through all of these things, 
knowing what I know now, how would I go back and serve that CEO as she was building her team from the start? And how could things be different? Mm-hmm. So that's how I started Joy to Lead. So I was running a business at the time. I was also working part-time online. And I also started a business all in the first year of motherhood. So that year is so, it's so hard to summarize because so much was happening. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I definitely grew through it. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm sure you're going to look back on that year someday, just be someone who's a few steps ahead of you. And you're going to be like, I was crazy. <laughs> like, what was I, you know, like, you're just trying to keep another human alive in that first year of being a mom and like navigating, like, how do I do all of this? And how do I, and then to have all of that as well is amazing to me. And I would love for you to maybe kind of talk about just thinking as like in my first year, there's, I feel as I guess my first year of motherhood, I would have felt like there's no way I could do all of that. How is there any way that you did all of that and were a mom? Is <laughs> Was there a magic sauce? Was it you were just crazy and up late at night? Like what made that work? No, you know what it really was? This sounds so silly, but that whole year, I never cooked. My husband cooked like every single night. And I know that sounds so small, but that was my saving Mm -hmm. grace. Um, Other than that, I... I, we, um, I served on the executive leadership team of that, of that company. And, um, so we were on Voxer all the time. So a lot of my work was done on my phone, um, Mm -hmm. on the go. So I was literally kind of, I was working and living all the time. So it wasn't always healthy. I remember having several discussions with my husband where he, he was just like, can you be off Voxer for one minute? And I'm like, but my team needs me. I got to stay in the loop. Yeah. I'm taking my daughter to daycare and I'm on Voxer on the way there, on the way back. So I did have to learn very healthy boundaries. Um, and with clients too, I had to learn during that, that first year how to set boundaries, how to establish boundaries, and how to establish and set those boundaries for myself. Because even as I set boundaries, I was the one that was breaking them. I didn't establish them to protect myself from others. I had to establish them to protect myself from myself. Uh, And so that I could give my daughter everything I could. You know, I was nursing and I was on Voxer. I was... um, driving and I was on Voxer. Uh, I just always felt like I had to be connected. And so I learned to set up check-in times um, and uh, kind of start to distance myself from that online environment too. And ultimately, you know, I, I say I was doing all of these things, but I did decide to close the doors to my first business so that I could have time to go deeper with this team. And so there did come a point where I was like, I can't give everything my all. So what is my priority in this season? I have two priorities, keeping mm-hmm. my daughter alive and keeping myself alive too. Um, and also diving into this online experience and leading this team. So I did have to set boundaries for myself, set technological boundaries for myself, rely on my husband and ask for help. Can you fix dinner every mm-hmm. night for the next nine months, please? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got to be honest, yeah. like he he's an amazing cook, but he's also a one trick pony. We had ground beef <laughs> and sweet potato hash like every night. And I was OK because that kept me alive. Um, so it was just leaning on that support, asking for it before I needed it, anticipating what my needs were as well as my daughters. Um, 
and saying no to things that were a priority but weren't a prior weren't a priority anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest key. Uh, one of the things of even with having little kids and to learn that it's okay to say no yeah. and that maybe someday you'll be able to say yes to certain things of like volunteering at church or can you do this? And before I felt like I had to say yes to everything, but to learn to be like, no, it's just not my season yeah, right now. Yeah. Um, but I love how you're talking about boundaries and that kind of transitions into because when you are hiring – I feel like as um, someone that is the boss and the CEO, if you're not setting healthy boundaries that the people that you hire won't feel like they can have healthy boundaries as well. So that's really important, probably in the first step of hiring, I'm assuming. Um, So I would love for you to just kind of tell us a little bit about what does business look like for someone who you would say is right before they're ready to hire somebody? That is there something that you can kind of pinpoint for listeners to say, okay, like you're running your business and when you get have gotten to this point, that's when it's time to hire. Oh yeah. I will always say you won't feel ready. If you're at a place where you're feeling overworked, overwhelmed, and anxious, and even starting to resent parts of your work, you've waited too long. You need to hire like three months ago. Um, So what I always say is no matter where you are, even if it's day one of opening your business, start putting money in a savings account so you're ready to proactively Mm -hmm. hire. Hire, Hiring isn't what you do to fix a problem, to get yourself out of a pit. It's what you do when you're ready to build a mountain. It's what you do when you're ready to push the gas. And so... You might be feeling like things are starting to ramp up. You're probably feeling a little excitement. You're starting to feel stretched in your business and you're starting to realize that things are starting to pull away. So the reason we hire, you know, we as CEOs and business owners, our job is to focus on the work of the future, which means that we're always creating momentum. And then we hire to sustain that momentum. So if you're finding, for example, I started a podcast, that is momentum, the creation the guest interviews, that expansion, the expansion that comes with podcasting is the momentum that I'm creating. But then I have to come back and I have to edit the podcast and I have to design the graphics and I have to write the social posts. That is sustaining the momentum that I'm, I'm creating. And so even though sometimes I enjoy that, that if I'm spending all of my time focusing on sustaining the momentum, I'm stealing my time and energy away from creating further momentum. And so we have to be really cognizant about from day one, no matter where we are, we have to start thinking and preparing for our future teams um, because they are coming. Mm -hmm. If you're out to build a business and you're out to grow, it will get to a point where you can't continue the growth by yourself. We can always do more. We're meant to do more together. And so if you're showing up every day and you're, and you're seeing that more and more of your time is starting to be allotted to these momentum sustaining tasks, um, and it's taking you away from the momentum building task. And if you keep finding yourself thinking, Oh, I wish I had more time for, then it's time. Okay. 
I need to start thinking about hiring. What do I need to do to prepare? Do I have enough in savings? Let's start cleaning the house, organizing things, and getting your house prepared to bring in a team member. Mm, that is so good and and just had my mind going even in my business because just like we're talking about podcasts, there are so many pieces of the podcast. I could, I've gotten to a point where I could easily hand them off to somebody but it's deciding like if I'm ready for that, which is an amazing thing, you know, to think about. And I never thought about it as those tasks sustain the podcast, but I have to keep interviewing to get to keep it going forward, which is amazing. And I think as someone, um, I'm an Enneagram three. So like, I'm just constantly like, where's the goal? And we just go, go, yes. go to <laughs> the goal. But I, yeah, but I need like, but threes need someone to then come up and like, make sure that like <laughs> you're sending the emails that need to be sent and doing all the things with it. Um, so if a listener is feeling this way and they're, and they're just like, I am listening to you and they're going, okay, yep, that's me. I'm to the point where it's probably time to start thinking about this. How do we know what is a good first or smart hire in our business? Is it, I know the term OBM, online business manager and integrator are becoming very popular now. Um, and, or a lot of times having virtual assistants. How do we know which one do we hire first? Do we hire a virtual assistant to take all the little things or do we hire someone who's going to like take the ship and drive it like alongside yeah. us? Well, I would recommend first taking a step back and don't focus on who you need to hire first because we always think that our first hire needs to be a needs to be a VA and that very well might be, but we can't approach it backwards. We can't say, I want to hire this person. Now, what do I have them do? We have to figure out what needs to be done. Now, who can fulfill it? So the very first step would be to look at your entire business model. And a lot of times we, we start building businesses and we're not really looking at the house that we're constructing. But what I need everybody to do is to get a piece of paper and to write from beginning to end, if you're a service-based businesses business, this might be uh, easier for you. If you're a product-based business, it might be easier for you as well. But um, start from the beginning. When somebody goes from never knowing about you, not knowing you exist, to then realizing you exist, how do they go? How do you nurture them from completely unaware, you've met them for the first time, all the way to conversion, all the way through your the experience that you have with your business and start blocking out those chunks. Okay, well, here's marketing. Here's what I do in marketing for myself. I have a podcast. From there, I take them to an opt-in. From there, I'm sending emails. I'm nurturing them on Instagram. So I'm literally mapping out all the roles in my company. And as you start mapping that out, you're going to start seeing, okay, well, then they go from a sales call they go and I'm onboarding them. Here are all the admin tasks that are for onboarding. And then once I've onboarded them, how do I, how do they start experiencing my content? This is where they go into consulting with me. We're having one-on-one -on -one calls. I'm walking them through my framework. Here are all the steps I do to uh, facilitate that progression, that transformation. Then here's how I offboard them. I just do that in a spreadsheet. And then I list all the tasks underneath. And then I have to take a step back and realize, okay, as a solopreneur, I'm doing all of this. 
And this is, mm-hmm. I often see my clients like have a, like, there's like a mental disconnect. When you see all of this, you're like, there is no way, <laughs> there is no way I'm doing all of this freaking stuff, but you are. And as a solopreneur, you are carrying all the weight. And then you start to realize this is not sustainable because if I take time mm-hmm. off, all of this is paused. And so as you're taking a step back and you're seeing this whole thing played out, you can start seeing the areas that you want to start stepping out of. So you might see that it's your time is better spent pouring more into your clients. For me, that means I'm hiring. I actually just hired an intern. She's starting next month. She's going to be taking on the marketing tasks. So she's going to be helping out in this area, in the marketing department area, and helping with uh, the creation of podcast content. So I can start stepping out of that area and put myself more into guest podcasting, more visibility for my company, more speaking engagements, and ultimately more time spent with more clients. For other people that may look different, you may see a more immediate need so that you can um, dive deeper into another area. But look at your business as a whole, start to break it down, break down all the tasks and look for the first opportunity that you can step out of a department and start building that department out. Mm. I, I like my mind is just going in so many ways now as you're talking, like just for myself being like, mm. because so I have someone who does my show notes for me, which then becomes a blog because I am not a writer. My gift is speaking and engaging with people. So she does that. And I have other people who work on podcast promotion But then I, you know, and as you're just thinking, and there's just so much now going in my head saying, oh, I could step out of this area or give it to, you know, because you are 100% right in the fact that sometimes, and I see it in myself and a lot of other women entrepreneurs is we get so set that we just need to keep doing these things by ourselves, but we're working on tasks that really truly aren't moving the needle when the tasks are important, but like you said before, we have to be the momentum drivers. And if we're not continuing to move our business forward, it's not going to go. Yeah, anywhere. And I want to highlight something really important that you just said too, is that oftentimes we hire based on a need to get out of a task and not to hand off an objective. So for example, when I'm hiring this marketing intern, her ultimate goal is not to just check off these tasks that I need done. Her goal is to increase podcast listenership by helping me repurpose my content and starting a Pinterest. uh, I'm currently not very active on Pinterest. She said that she wanted to try her hand at creating a profile and, and campaigns from scratch. So I said, have at it, have at my Pinterest. So she has a goal. Her purpose is to increase podcast listenership by managing my content in strategic ways. And so, and what we often do as entrepreneurs is we're so in the weeds and we realize, oh, I hate podcast editing, or I hate creating these graphics. I need to hire a VA just to do this. So you get it off your plate. You get that task off your plate and then you run into another task that you need done. Podcast editing. I need help with my onboarding for my clients. So all these different things, like different tasks, then you have a team built around you and it looks like a wheel where you're the center cog and you are the one managing all communication, all all expectations. You are still doing as much work with a team around you 
as you were when you were solopreneur and it's still not sustainable. So I see this over and over again, Mm -hmm. where people are building teams that still aren't sustainable. And so what they're finding is they're still overworked. They're still tired. They're still exhausted. And they think, well, gosh, I hired a team. So like, it should be easier. Where did I go wrong? And it's because we didn't look at what the business needs and how to build it, build our team on top of the foundation of our business model. Instead, we built a team around ourselves. And so that's a really precarious position to put ourselves in because we still can't take time off. We're still just Mm -hmm. as much attached to our computer and Voxer as we ever were. Um, And so we have to take a step back and look at our business first. Mm, yeah, that, and that is so true. And you think that, oh, well, if I hire someone and, you know, even thinking of the person who does my show notes and stuff like that, well, if I'm not still editing and doing all those things, they can't do their job. So it's still all around me, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, okay. So what if we've realized, okay, so we are ready to hire. How do I, you know, in, sometimes being entrepreneurs, we came from places of leadership in business, or sometimes we literally are just coming from a dream in our heart and this, you know, of whatever we wanted to create, whatever we've put into the world. And we've never managed a team. We've never been anyone's boss. How do we become ready to do that? How do we like, is there, you know, something magic that helps (laughs) helps us step into this role or something that Because I think a lot of times for people is they're afraid to have employees or they're afraid that they're then going to feel like they're having a burden of now carrying someone else with them. I'm going to kill so many dreams or like excitement bubbles right now by saying you can never be ready. It's just like motherhood. You, You can read all the things, prepare all the things, do all the yoga poses. I have no idea. <laughs> try all, try to perfect all the stress management things, but um, no one can prepare you for motherhood and no one can prepare you for team leadership. And that's because no one in this world can lead like you. You have to be the one mm-hmm. to figure out your own leadership style. Um, and this happens through trial and error, unfortunately. And fortunately, because as you progress, you internalize and you become the leader that you've always wanted to be. And so I always say to all of my clients who come feeling this way, and this is often the very first thing that we address, we we, we address the fears, who am I to lead or I'm an introvert, so I can't lead. I'm not meant to lead. Um, I've seen all these bad leadership examples in my past, so I'm not going to be a leader because this is what leadership is, or I don't want to be a leader because I don't know how to be perfect. And I'm just going to say that the key to being the best leader you can be is to just be vulnerable. Like when I... Mm. When I started to tell my team, like, listen, I don't have all the answers. I literally don't. And this is why I need you. There was so much freedom. I could breathe. Mm. And it empowered my team members so that they could, they knew that they were needed. And when you know that you're needed, man, you step up and you provide your own leadership. This is what we want in a team. We don't want a team that comes to take care of tasks and to do our bidding and to listen to everything that everything that we say. We want a team 
who will come in and provide a level of expertise that we don't have, who will provide an area of leadership that we won't have, who provides personality and character traits that corroborate our own. It's like a literal puzzle piece. And so the way, the best way to lead is to just communicate. And the best way to communicate mm. is just to share your feelings, share your heart, be vulnerable. And I don't know, just be honest with your team and just to know that you don't have all, you don't have to have all the answers. And if you think you do, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't have to be the perfect leader. This is, I exhausted myself my first year of leadership because I was reading all the books, trying to do all the things, but I showed up to every team meeting thinking, I don't even know the words that came out of my mouth while I was leading these calls. But what I was thinking was, Everyone knows I'm not supposed to be here. Everyone knows I'm saying the wrong thing. Everyone knows that somebody else should be in this position rather than me. That was coming from a protection of my ego and not from servant heartedness. So there was no way that I was leading because I was only scared of protecting myself. And I had to understand my strengths I had to get real with myself and understand that I can be strong in my strengths, but I'm not going to be perfect in my weaknesses. I'm not even going to be perfect in my strengths, but by standing Mm -hmm. in my strengths, I can then lean on the strengths of other people, which gave me freedom to be imperfect. And when you give yourself that freedom, man, that just invites everybody to live up to their fullest. And then you have a thriving team. That's when you see momentum come and that's where you see freedom and true creativity and collaboration and I don't know, a collective spirit in your team. Yeah. Oh, that was so much good wisdom in there. And I loved how you were just, you know, talking about that. It's okay to say like, I don't know how to do Pinterest, but you do. So go for it, girl. (laughs) And just keep me, you know, like I'm giving you full reins. But then in my mind, I'm also thinking, okay, what about those people who are then thinking, okay, I'm going to give these people the free reign and I'm going to admit to them. I don't know how to do your, well, you, as a, business owner, you semi know how to like, you know how to do Pinterest, but you don't know how to master it. And we're admitting that. So where does it become, I can just think in my head, I'm thinking people think, okay, well, then do I become a, how do I not become a micromanager of checking in on them? Because I really don't know what they're doing. Well, I semi know, but how do I check in with them? Or what does that look like then? Because you are giving up so much But as the leader and the business owner and the owner of the business, you still need to be in check with what they're doing. So how do we give up and give our employees free range, but not be a micromanager? Yeah, and it all comes down to knowing the purpose of the role. To, and this is something that I do with all of my clients whenever we're mapping out um, an upcoming hire. Before we ever touch the job description of what this person will do, we always break down what are the three, the two to three main objectives, measurable objectives um, that can um, that flesh out what success looks like in this role. Because as we're hiring, people want to know, can I win in this position? And we have to know as business owners and as managers, what does winning look like for this position? And so for myself, as I'm hiring a marketing intern, that seems very general 
up, up top. And so if I didn't have a purpose behind it, I would say, okay, well, the purpose behind the role was to do these graphics and they need to be perfect. They need, need to, they need to look like this. They need to have these graphics to me at this particular time. The objectives behind the role becomes the, the job description. And that is not um, sustainable. That's not success. What success looks like in the role is not getting these graphics to me on time, because if that were success, you're putting yourself in a position to always check your email. When are these graphics coming Mm -hmm. in? When are they going to be uploaded? You're putting yourself in a position to micromanage. Instead, I know that success looks like a five to 10% increase in podcast listenership. That is what I'm looking for. And I've communicated that to her in the interview. This is the purpose behind, like, th- this is ultimately why I'm hiring the, for this position because I need my podcast mm-hmm. listenership and audience to grow. And this is the ultimate purpose. And so you will help me do this by repurposing content, um, creating a Pinterest strategy. And if you want, starting a, a strategy for LinkedIn, if that interests you, if that ignites your passion. Um, And looking at her performance in that way, is podcast listenership increasing? And if not, what do we need to do different? And so what it comes down to, to prevent micromanaging, you have to first and foremost, know what the objectives are behind the role, but then two, establish communication pathways. And that just means have regular check-ins, ask questions. What do you need from me? How do you feel like things are going? Are you thriving? If you had to rate your own satisfaction in this role, what what does that look like? How would you describe your satisfaction in the role? How would you describe uh, how how well you're receiving the resources that you need from me? What more resources do you need? What can I give you? How can I support you to Mm -hmm. better reach the objective that we have established for this role? How do we need, where do we need to make tweaks? What do you think? Like just asking, asking, asking. You don't have Mm -hmm. to come from it from a place of, I know how to reach this objective. What you have to do is say, here's the objective. Here's where we need to go. Here's how I think we need to do it. Let's explore. Let's try our hand. Mm -hmm. Let's experiment. And if we're not getting closer to that objective, what needs to be tweaked and how can I support you through that? Mm, That's so good. Cause I think that is one thing. And I've had bosses that are like that where they don't come back and say, well, what do you need to do your job oh, better? Yeah. Or how can I educate you? And that is a huge missing piece. And I loved how you said, instead of giving them like a time of, I want it by 11 o'clock on Tuesday, because then you aren't, that is so true that you are not going to be looking for it. You know, that by 11 o'clock it's in my email and I don't need to worry about it until I'm ready to upload it to wherever it needs yeah. to go. Um, okay. So now that if we've talked about, okay, so we're ready to hire, we've got a description of what we're looking for. Where in this season of the online world do we find people? So often is it, do you just go post in groups and say, Hey, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z. If you fit this, is that the best place to find them? I feel like, you know, there's so many job boards, like you said, LinkedIn, where do we even find the perfect person? person that fits us. Because that's one thing I also think that so many of us as entrepreneurs 
think, oh, well, my friend got someone and hired them this way, but their personality is very different than mine. So does that play a part into where we look to hiring people? I have seen this time and time again that it is so often that someone we know knows our next hire or this person Mm -hmm. is waiting in our community. Um, I actually have two hires that I'm making in this season possibly three by the end of the year. And I already know who these people are. One of them is a friend of a friend. The other is um, someone who has been following me on Instagram for three years. And the other is someone who has gone through my Leadership Academy program. And um, it's all about looking within your community and within your network. And so whatever channels you have available to you, use them. If you have an Instagram, if you have Instagram, if you have email, uh, if you have, use your network, use people. Whenever you know that it's time to ignite your hiring process, reach out to everybody that you know and love and trust. Obviously, don't reach out to the people who you wouldn't want like-minded people on your team, but reach out to the people that you know, love and trust and say, here's the position that I'm I'm hiring for. I'd be so honored if you would share this with your community or specifically send it to people who you think fit this mm-hmm. description and just go all out. There's no one specific way, but use the channels that have that are available to you. Um, I will say if you use traditional job platforms like Indeed um, or Monster, is Monster still a thing? I mostly use Indeed. I have no idea about Monster. We used it in like the eighth grade to learn about (laughs) jobs. I have no idea if it still exists. Um, When you post on those job boards, you're going to get a ton of applicants who don't always fit your description. And that's because LinkedIn has the feature where you can automatically upload your resume and you can just click send and it's super, super quick. So you're going to have to filter through a lot more. But if you look in your community first and your network first, you're going to do a lot less vetting and a lot more Mm -hmm. actually getting into the applications, looking at the people behind the application and getting a feel for the people there. Mm, that is so great to even think about like who in my community already interacts with me already knows what my business kind of looks like because they've been interacting with it that is such great advice okay so my one last question now I'm also thinking all right so I think commonly people think well if I'm gonna hire someone I have to hire someone like full-time oh give them a salary (laughs) you know so you know but a lot of times first-time entrepreneurs until they No, like, no, we can kind of, when we talk about hiring, sometimes it's piecing all these people together at low, you know, hourly, or they only work a few hours a month or a week. Um, So I'd love for you to just kind of talk about that and how you encourage women or what does that look like when it says we're hiring someone? Well, how much are they working for us? And how much, how do we decide? Yeah. And it's different for every single person that comes in through my door. Um, A lot of people, and this is the path that I'm taking. um, A lot of my clients actually start with an intern. Um, And this is a great, this is a great first hire because you get to pour into, um, 
the, a student, you get to teach them and educate them, which helps you flex and learn your own leadership style. So I, I love internships. I, I do think that you have to go about it very strategically and you have to have the intent and the knowledge and understanding that you, it's your job to serve and educate this student. It's supposed to be an educational experience for them. So you have to not use and abuse the internship, but pour into it. Um, And so from there, I've actually hired this intern. She's going to start, it's going to be a three month internship after which we're going to have um, a, a discussion for employment. And what that looks like for me is I told her upfront, getting started, when you become an employee, it'll probably be part-time. You might be contractor. I'll have to see where I'm at legally and financially at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, But it'll probably be for three to five hours a week to start. Um, And then from there, you have the freedom to progress as you need. And so we often think when we hire, it has to be full-time right off the bat. I can't hire until Mm -hmm. I'm in a place to bring on somebody 40 hours a week. And honestly, do you work 40 hours a week? Like that is not the future of work anymore. The future of work is very dynamic. Um, People are probably going to be doing several jobs, having several positions, several online positions, doing what they feel like is their life's purpose. And so it's important Mm -hmm. to not hire based on I need to get these hours filled. I need to make sure that I'm paying this person this much amount at this uh, set hours every single week, but to hire based on purpose alignment. Does their purpose align with your purpose for your business? Is this person a great fit? And then um, not putting them into a box either. It doesn't have to be a full-time thing. It can absolutely be whatever your business needs it to be. As long as you're communicating that from the outset, that's the best service. I mean, you wouldn't want to say we're hiring and make it seem like it's a full-time position and tell them, yeah, it's just three hours a week. Dun, dun, dun. Like that's kind of (laughs) disappointing. You want to be really communicative about it and very transparent about what you're hiring for. Um, and there's always growth opportunities and communicate that when you're in, in the job posting, um, communicate the growth opportunities there that, yeah, it's three to five hours every single week. But my goal is to get you to 20 hours a week and then to 40 within the next two years. And what's so cool mm-hmm. about small teams, uh, like for us as entrepreneurs, is that every time we hire, there is co-responsibility there. They have to know that every every hour they spend matters to the business. Every hour of momentum mm-hmm. and energy they put in has a direct impact on the forward motion of the business. So as they apply themselves to this role, they are literally creating more opportunity for, for them to grow and expand their position in the future. And so just being transparent and open with them about that gives them co-responsibility. It helps them show up with purpose and impact and energy. And ultimately, it expands their position too. Mm, that is so great. And, and and just how you talked about that reminding yourself that this person can grow with you, that it's okay that it's just a few hours and that, yeah. And as you grow and the business is making more money and you're able to then pour out more, it, you know, it will go to that person first. Um, so 
This has been such great information. And I feel like the listeners are going to be able to just really tangibly hear how they can, you know, the steps into some of this. Do you have any last advice for any entrepreneur who is maybe in that three to five years and they're just looking for their first hire? Oh, man. Ooh, there's so much I could say, uh, but I'm going to say mm-hmm. two things. Start saving now. I always recommend to have at least three to six months worth of your next hire's pay in savings before you ever hire them. And that's to prove that you have consistency. So get through three months mm-hmm. where you have that pay coming in, put it in a savings account, pretend like you're paying them for three months. That proves that you have the income that can support that. Also puts it into savings for a rainy day or a pandemic, whatever happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then what I'd also say is give yourself time and space. And this is tough when we're solopreneurs and we are already limited on time, but carve out some time to let your brain expand and rest, like literally have two hours where you do nothing. You do not watch Netflix. You do Mm -hmm. not binge a podcast. You do not learn. You don't create, you don't scroll on Instagram. Give your, give your brain time to breathe and expand and ponder the thought of what you want your team to look like, what you want your company to look like and cast some vision because your business knows. I always say that Having a business is like raising a kid and your kid will tell you what it needs, but you have to train your brain to listen and perceive, anticipate and expect. So give your brain space to do that, to listen to what your business needs, envision what you want for your future team. What does that culture feel like? What kind of people do you want to be surrounded by? What kind of people in your past have really inspired you? Have you collaborated well with and why? Um, And just start anticipating that those people are coming to you because those people exist out here right now in the world, they're moving around, they're getting to Starbucks, they are here and they are journeying toward you just like you are moving along toward them. And it's only a matter of time until you guys are, your journeys are parallel and you start to partner together. It's going to be a beautiful, amazing thing, but you have to give yourself time to expect them, prepare for them. And the best way to do that is by starting to let your brain breathe and just vision cast for a little while. Mm, That is such great advice. And what a way to end our conversation over hiring. I just love it so much. My mind after this conversation, I feel like I'm going to go back and just re-listen and just start (laughs) writing all the notes down. Okay. So my last question I ask every guest on the show is if you could look back to the Kaylin when you were in the, you're still in the little years, but in the tiny baby years, and maybe in that first year, what advice would you give yourself now that you are a little bit forward? I don't know if it's as much advice as it is just encouragement. Um, Because prior to having a baby, I was the kind of person who would give up if anything was hard. Um, If it didn't come naturally or easy to me, I didn't have to do it. So I would go from sport to sport, from extracurricular activity to extracurricular activity, um, even sometimes friend to friend. Like I, if anything was difficult, if I came up to any obstacle, I'm out of there because I wanted to be perfect. And the first year of motherhood, 
obviously not going to happen. <laughs> Nursing was the thing that changed me forever because it was something that I desperately wanted, but I wasn't good at it. And I had to learn that consistency and just being persistent and showing up every day and just doing the next thing, doing it again, doing it again, doing it again. Eventually I got through a whole year of nursing. And so what I would do if I could go back to that very first day, that very first month when nursing was just making me question my very identity as a woman, I would just go back and say, you can do it. You have done it. Just show up every day and just, just do it, just nurse again and nurse again. And that is, of course, mm-hmm. applies to business. That applies to everything in my life. After that first year, I ran, I ran a half marathon. I've never done that before in my life. I've never, I quit track. And so just, <laughs> I can do, I can do what I want. If it's important to me, I can do it. And I would just go back to that person and just say, keep going. You're going to do it. You are doing it. And you're amazing. <laughs> Yes. So good. And I 100% relate that it is. You just have to keep doing it. And in the nursing, people never tell you how hard nursing is until you get in there and you're like doing it. Because I can remember with my first, I was like, I don't need to take a class. I don't need to read the books. It'll just come naturally. It's fine. (laughs) And it didn't. (laughs) And you, you know, and you realize that you just have to keep going and it does get better. And people around you will tell you that it's okay to quit. And it is. But if it's what you want, you have to put in the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yes, that is totally, I feel that so much. And so many times in nursing, it's like, maybe I'll just be done. Or maybe this isn't working, but I wanted it yeah. so bad that it didn't matter that I would do whatever it took to get there. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom today. I can't wait for this episode to get out into the world to help all of the women that listen to this podcast. If they want to connect with you after this podcast, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm over at the Joy to Lead podcast on anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And then they can also find me on Instagram at Joy to Lead. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. It's a blessing. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Busy Years Podcast. If you loved this episode, would you take a screenshot and share it on your favorite social media platform? If you're over on Instagram, I would love for you to tag us at the Busy Years Podcast and tag me at Michelle Ann Hagen. I would also love if you could leave a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this episode. By doing that, it helps me to be able to create other amazing episodes just like this and help get the word out about this podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram or Facebook, and you can find me at Michelle Ann Hagen, or you can join our Facebook community called the Busy Years Podcast Community. You can find that located on my Facebook page, or if you head to the link in my Instagram bios, you will be able to connect to us there. I can't wait to be able to meet you and to put a face to the listener. We'll see you next time, my friends. Hey mama, did you need someone to remind you that you are worthy of your dreams? That you can take action in the middle of motherhood? I just wanted to pop in and give you another reminder, friend, that you got this. You can do this in the middle of motherhood, no matter how busy the years get.